What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is Wyatt Knight, a holistic lifestyle coach who is on a mission to get 1% better every day. And along the way, he is hoping to inspire people across the world to do the same. From winning a lacrosse national championship in college, to spending two plus years helping to build a nonprofit in Harlem, New York City, to taking a year long sabbatical to find himself, Wyatt is the type of person that everyone needs in their life. So if you've been lacking energy and motivation lately and want to get to the next level of your life, this conversation is for you. Please welcome to the show, Wyatt Knight. All right, y'all. CJ Finley, back here with the Thrive on Life podcast. I am extremely excited for the conversation I'm about to be having because somebody new moved to town who was all about getting 1% better. And if you have listened to me before, you know that I'm always about never giving up, chasing your dreams, fueling your passion, and just getting 1% better each and every day. So I'd love to welcome, without further ado, Mr. Wyatt Knight. How you doing today, Wyatt? CJ, I'm good, man. I'm so pumped to be here. Um, you've been amazing to me since we came into town only a month and a half ago, but it feels like forever. But I'm um, so pumped to be here. Honored. You and your team inspire me every day. So to be a part of this is really special. So thank you. Hell yeah. And I, I, I mean, honestly, you left an amazing first impression. Shout out to my man, Chris Devine from yep. Roan for connecting us. But Wyatt actually ended up coming to our event, I think a month ago now, um, without knowing any of us and showed up in support. And that always catches my eye. And I've literally ever since then been watching your Instagram stories every single day. I don't know how, how the hell do you wake up at 4.30 every single day? When did that start? Yeah, uh, it's all been a long journey, but I think the whole mindset for my whole life is, and I boil it down because it's always trying to do everything, trying to achieve everything, trying to live my best life is how do you get a little bit better every day. And for me, my mission in life is to help people. And I found that the best way for me to help people is to give myself a chunk of time in the morning in order to really focus on myself and to kind of fill up my cup before I walk around and start filling other people's cups because similar to you, we go all in on everything. Yeah. And so I'm an expert at running myself into the ground. Yeah. And so I have found that I need that time in order to get a little bit better every day as a person, because I think the definition of helping someone is you help yourself and then inspire someone else through your actions to live their best life. Yeah, you're and teaching so, them how to fish and your impact can then scale because if you're able to basically impact people by impacting yourself, you can touch a lot more people. But before we hopped on the podcast, you were talking about how you were moving, you actually moved five different cities in five years to find where you can have that massive impact. I'd love for you to run through, because I thought I was the guy that moved around a lot and searched for new communities in a short time frame. But then I hear your story and I'm like, damn, like this is really, really impressive. So my question is, when you first set out to find that impact, what city were you thinking about? Where were you at? And then like, just run us through what was going through your mind, leaving that first city. Yeah, it's been a, a crazy journey. And I think, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, so it all makes more sense now being here yeah. in Austin, being here literally with you on this podcast, because the vision had always been doing something like this and trying to find the right pieces to make this work has been the journey that I went on. I think the best quote that I use to try to define how I want to live my life is by Tony Robbins, which is the definition of success is doing what you want, where you want, with who you want, as much as you want. And I found when I saw that quote years ago, I was just like, what else is there to life than just pursuing that concept? And we'll talk more about, I think, the journey. And for, the big one for me was I spent two years right after college working in Harlem, New York at a failing middle school 
in the middle of the projects in one of the toughest areas in Harlem and helped growing a, a lacrosse program that uses lacrosse to change the life trajectory of at-risk youth. And I think that was really when I always knew that I had a great life from a great family situation, from a great upbringing, financially, socially, geographically, 10 out of 10 things that I would, a human being I believe needs in order to be successful. I think I have a lot of those based off of the situation I've been born into. And I think Harlem, for me, that experience working with these these young men just laid down the foundation for me to be like, I can never settle until I'm living my best life every day. And if I knew I was going to live that best life or pursue that concept, I knew I would be able to help as many people as I can, because that's ultimately the life goal for me is just help as many people as I can. And so I think that Harlem experience was just like, I have no excuse not to chase my dreams because I see that I've had a lot of opportunities to do that. And it would be a complete disservice to all of the students that I met that were born in such a tough environment to reach their full potential. And so I'm going to reach mine. That's my mission. And whoever wants to jump on board with this 1% better everyday concept, like you're going to get my little bit of everything. And so I think that was me, the foundation, and that's my why. And I think it's so important in life to have your why of why you're doing something. And so that had set me off on this crazy journey, focused on helping people and learning and growing and experiencing, but always in the back of my mind, I want to do what I want, where I want, with who I want, as much as I want, because I can, and because I'd be letting myself down every day if I wasn't pursuing that. And so that was New York for a few, New York City for a few years, which I love and has such a near and dear spot in my heart. I met my wife, Jane, in New York. We moved to Kentucky for a year, teaching entrepreneurship classes in Eastern Kentucky, which was a, an unbelievable, challenging, tough situation. Then we did a personal year in Florida on the beach in a beach bungalow, checked out, no social media, no traveling, no nothing. It was just a personal year for my wife and I to Check That's in with awesome. ourselves, check in a relationship, figure out what we really want to do. We lived in DC in DC for a year, but Austin had always been in the back of our mind. And anytime we saw anything about Austin and we saw the people and the vibe and the lifestyle, it was always like, that's a place where people either live now or are moving to that are really focused on just being a good person, helping other people, and living your best life every day. And so my wife and I came here a month and a half ago, but all the other places we knew that they weren't the right places right away, but it was like, there's something to learn here. There's experiences yeah. to gain. There's people to meet, but we can't stop and we can't settle. And so we've had so many hours of driving and U-Hauls and moving and crazy <laughs> horror stories that I'm sure you know too, of yeah. moving and just getting up to speed with life and finances of all the moves and stuff that it's been a really interesting, unique, challenging experience. And I say challenging from a standpoint of like, I know that so many people based off of the relationships I have with even just kids in Harlem, like challenging for me is one thing. I know real, like the real, reality, it, it's perspective. It. Yeah, it's still, it's, yeah, it, it's still challenging and you never, life always throws a different challenge at you and it's always just how you kind of respond to it. A lot of people react to things and let things push them down, but you seem like you're really good at like responding in the right way. And I'd love to peel it back. Like, where'd you go to, where'd you go to college? So you played, have you played lacrosse your entire life or like, what did that look like? Yeah, so really the the and I always now looking back, like I said, hindsight twenty twenty. So I was trying to figure out. It's always been how to help people and using my life experiences to do just that. And so the childhood growing up in South Florida, actually, majority of my childhood was growing up doing child acting and modeling. So my mom ran into a random guy at a mall with my brothers and I when we were really young, and the guy was like, "Your your sons, there's three of us running around. Your sons." should be in child modeling, child acting. And my mom had no idea what this guy was talking about, but thank God, because it was one of the best decisions, the best decision. Cause I think you are the sum of the experiences and people that were in your life when yep. you were growing up and you still are the sum of the people and things going on in your life. And so child modeling and acting was for me great because puts you in front of a camera, puts you in comfortable speaking out loud, talking about something, but now for me talking about hopefully helping people. And then also it was just so diverse. And I think that's what helped me at a young age, have this idea of like, there's people from around the world that look different, act different, talk different, are shaped differently. But at the end of the day, we're all humans having human experience, trying to live our best life. And so I think for me as a child, it was this amazing journey to travel and explore and meet different people. And just right away at a young age, have a, hopefully a big picture idea that 
there's just a lot of people out there looking different, but we're all all similar at the end of the day in, in terms of what we want to achieve. And then lacrosse came into my life in eighth grade, and it was the first decision I really made that was like, as a child growing up, that was like, this is what I want to do. Not necessarily for the rest of my life, but I knew that this sport would take me to places that I knew I wanted to go with my life. And so I just went all in on lacrosse. And within three years, I was committed to play lacrosse at the University of Virginia, which was my dream. Like, that was the dream. Why? It was, it was the first lacrosse game I ever watched was University of Virginia when they were playing in 2006 National Championship game. And they were the number one team in the country. They were undefeated. And they were the best. They were the baddest. They were the coolest. And for me, it's always like, whatever I do, I want to yeah, you I want to be the best. Yeah. Not against anyone else, but because that's my upbringing was If you do capability. something, do it right. Right. You're going to, whatever you want to do, go to the highest level of doing that. And that's kind of been like where I always think of like coming to Austin. If you're going to do something, go do it in Austin because that's where it's the best at, right? So. Yeah. Lacrosse was just this unbelievable journey, and I just was holding on for dear life. And before we knew it, at Virginia, and then won a national championship in 2011, and all these amazing accolades that actually end up not really meaning much in your life. But it's about the experiences, the people, and for me, how to help people through that is understanding the work that it takes behind the scenes to reach the highest level of anything, right? And I think winning national championship is the highest level, at least in college for sports. And so understanding how much goes into, if you want to see a result in something like it's a long freaking pain in the Well, it teaches journey. the thing that it teaches, especially in today's society is instant gratification. But what I, I was literally having this conversation, my buddy, shout out to Trav, who just that him and his family moved from Las Vegas to Florida. And he jumped from being a mechanic was under a car all day and he wanted to try something new. So now he's getting into real estate and he started talking about how he's, he understands the, that the payoff is down the road, but he's like in real estate where everyone's like surface for surface level, instant gratification. They want to make the sale now and they want to, so he's trying to get them up on being digital savvy and understanding that like the work you put in now on the digital platforms is going to pay off next year, not tomorrow. And it's an interesting thing with sports because when I think back, I played college soccer and we won conference championships. And the difference between the years that we didn't win and the years that we won had nothing to do with the actual like games. It had everything to do with how was our team showing up to practice every single day. Yeah. And when we showed up to win, like the when we would go in and say, we're going to win the conference championship this year from day one, it was like, we're a lot more serious than when we're not. So run us through a little bit how that kind of has transitioned into your life, because I think that obviously had to play a little bit into you going from, okay, you want a national championship, you're riding high to, I'm going to insert myself in Harlem. Yep. Like what was going through your mind from that transition? How did you even end up in Harlem in the first place? Yeah, well, the the gratification thing is so important too. And I think just a quick note about lacrosse was like, it was a seven-year process to get from never touching a lacrosse stick to winning a national championship. And for me, anything I'm doing, especially now as I'm growing my platform and taking time one day after the next and grinding out, I always take a step back. I'm like perspective, patience, take a deep breath, look at it in a seven-year chunk, right? Yeah. Like don't judge yourself seven minutes, seven days, seven weeks, take seven years to work on something guarantee if you work at it and you really enjoy it, you're going to, you're going to get to where you're supposed to get. Yeah. But it's a set it for me, it's always like a seven year chunk. And so I think that really helps me with patience. Cause that's the number one thing I've always struggled with is like, I know what Z is, which is reaching the top because I've gotten there in certain things and it's the best feeling, but I'm, you're not going to get there unless you dominate B and C and D and E and F and G. And yeah, a, and right? the thing is, like, you can only do it in siloed atmospheres. Like, you can't be at Z in 20 different areas of right. your life. You have to pick, and that's what you start learning as you get older. Because when you're a kid, I was a I was a four or five sport athlete, and I had to start like I wanted to be the best at every sport. And then you start realizing like okay, well, basketball got taken out for me because I, everyone else was outgrowing me. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to be the best at that one. And then yeah. like hockey got too expensive and baseball, we were losing too much. So then that's how I narrowed down in the soccer. And that actually, when I think back, plays a big role in my life now because in the moment, it's just like 
so important to do all these things. But when I look back, I was just like, it actually worked itself out. I like how you said that seven year timeframe because I went to school for five and a half years. And the whole big decision in my world was, do I take an extra year and a half to play another year of sports? Because it was going to set me back. And my dad was like, yeah, just go for it. He's like, you're not even going to think about this when you're older. And like in the moment, I'm like, but that's a year and a half of my life. Oh my God. And now I look back and I'm like, thank God I did that. Like I got one more year of playing at my best potential. And it was great because that's the the practice and the everyday grind bled into that entrepreneurship. So you're, you're freaking spot on when it comes to kind of how to have that viewpoint of seven years out five to five to 10 years to 15 years of like trying to be the best at something. But yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people would go from winning a national championship yeah. to I'm going to just go to Harlem and, yeah. and help kids. What was, what was going through, through your mind? At well, that I, point? I remember really struggling. We were talking about before this podcast, talking about the struggles. And like I said, my struggles, it's all relative based off of your life and what yeah. you have in your life and the people and experiences but everyone struggles. And so I think trying to have that perspective that everyone struggles, but your struggles may be a little bit different than someone else's high or low. And so you want to find your, find your place where you struggle and figure out how to get your ass out of that struggle. And a lot of time having that perspective is important, but I was really struggling at Virginia junior and senior year, um, trying to just figure out what the, what I was going to do with my life. I've never been good at figuring out what to do with my life and making decisions. Like that's where the whole Literally, what I say my job title is I'm someone that just gets 1% better every day because like that's the only thing I know that I can actually control and do and focus. And so at UVA, though, all my friends were starting to get all these great private equity jobs and hedge fund jobs and they were working at these banks and getting all these sick jobs that and I was just like... Well, sick, quote unquote, right. because to some people they are. I learned the hard way. I got a, a job at a bank afterwards and it was like what I thought was sick ended up being like make me made me sick it yeah. was sickening oh, so yeah. I feel that I've, I've same stories for that dude, corporate America stint for tears but so all these all my friends are getting all these jobs they were securing them $100,000 jobs right after school and I was just like that it just didn't one advice I'd give and I always give myself is follow your gut right like what's your gut saying when my gut hurts literally and figuratively I know I'm either eating something that I shouldn't or I'm doing something I shouldn't so always following my gut and for me I was just like I'm not in a spot right now and this was going to my senior year where I'm ready to make a decision about the rest of my life like I want to maximize this senior year and just take advantage of this unbelievable experience playing lacrosse at my dream school with my best friends and just like embrace that concept because I was so consumed by the future that I was like, I'm going to miss out on this unbelievable experience of just like a senior year in college with your friends in America, just like the whole thing that you like work all so hard for. And then everyone was just like, what are you doing after school? I'm like, I I don't know. I'm like, I'm here in the moment enjoying this that will get there when it's supposed to get there. And so I moved home to Florida and my parents, my dad, my parents are so awkwardly supportive that it's amazing, like without, you know, so supportive. But my dad was like, all right, you got two or three months at home and then we want you to kind of, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it was never, I was never going to like just chill at home. And yeah. I was just like, I need some time to figure out what I was going to do, but I'm going to go do something. And my advice to anyone that is looking to take the next step and struggle or whatever is, is the first step to anything is just putting yourself out there. Because I think if you put yourself out there with something that you love, like what comes back to you is going to be everything you need to take the next step in your life. But so many people I speak to in my holistic coaching platform that I'm running now are just so concerned about taking that initial step of putting yourself out into the world. Anytime I've ever held back, I've all, I, I get frustrated myself. I get frustrated at others. I get frustrated at the world because I let everyone make excuses about why I should or shouldn't do something, but putting yourself out there and just... Why do you think so many people struggle with that? That initial step? I'm sure you agree. Gary Vee puts it best. He thinks the number one issue is people are so worried about everyone else's opinions. And I think putting yourself out there and not knowing where it's going to go and no matter what, usually when you're putting yourself out there with something, whether it's you want to be a musician, you want to be an artist, it's usually the first time you do it, you're going to be pretty shitty at it. Like the first time you do a podcast or a video, like you're just not going to be good at it because you just haven't had a lot of effort and your time ego so like 
the way that it's I ego. look at it, your ego, and it's crazy because you're sitting there thinking like, I'm not the egotistical one. I'm not right. the one that's like showing the flash and doing all these things. But actually in reality, you holding yourself back is ego because you think that other people care enough about right. you to even sit there and think about you. They don't. Yeah. They're all worried about the same thing you are yeah. in their own little lives. They have their own struggles just like you said. And it's your own ego that's getting the best of you thinking that people care. And it's also ego because if you think you deserve to be the best right from the get-go, then it's your ego that's yeah. telling you that versus one of the phrases that I always put out there is just like when you first are born, the expectation of the parent of you is not to just come out of the womb and start walking. Right. Like there's so many steps yep. and I actually had Serena on the podcast yesterday, thanks to you. And she was talking about when we were younger, like we used to celebrate and it was funny. She said, you used to celebrate literally your first shit yeah. like and then you make it to the next step that one yeah. percent better of like yeah. okay now your parents aren't wiping your shit like yeah. you're able to go to the bathroom yourself and i think a lot of people if they just took a step back and and realized that would it be able to take that first step and i don't want to go too off traffic because i'm really interested in this in this harlem I know, idea I because i actually the reason i'm keep poking at it is um when I did work at UBS Wealth Management, we yeah. did like a um, entrepreneurial workshop day in Harlem and I got to work with kids there. So it's kind of like a cross intersection point between us. But I actually have a better question now, that 1% better, did you go to Harlem because you viewed it as that type of challenge that you hadn't had before? Um, was that going through your mind as well? So it's like a two-part question. How'd you get there? But yeah. was that going through your mind? Because it looks like that's how your mind works and that's way more challenging. It sounds like that would have been way more challenging to yourself than to go get some job at a bank. Like yeah. you could have locked that up. Yeah, that's been always like, the fallback plan for me is always like, thankfully is I could get a lot of different jobs because of the network I have, because of the color of my skin, because of my family situation. Like that's just, for me, that's the easy route yeah. where I'm not going to grow and learn and expand my potential and expand other people's, people's potential. So to give you the bullet points about Harlem, because I, I want us to get there too, is lost at home, had no idea what I want to do. My life mission was to help people. I hadn't defined it yet. I've recently just defined it the last year and a half, two years of being like, I'm going to go all in on helping people as, as my job, as my life. But I knew that I wanted to help people. So I, here's what I want to do, help people mixed with, I'm going to do it at the highest level. And I had these job opportunities to work for the Miami Heat and the Miami Dolphins down in South Florida and all these great real estate jobs that I could have done. But I'm like, none of that fit my gut. And so I sent out my resume that looked like, and I look back on it, I die. It was like a pile of crap. It was like, <laughs> I was like coaching lacrosse in summers. That was it. Because for me, it was all in on lacrosse and all in on UVA yeah. and being a part of that experience. It wasn't like, let me run around and try to fill up my resume with all these things that aren't fulfilling me because lacrosse is filling up my cup. So I sent out my resume to the Virginia Lacrosse Alumni Network, which is like hundreds and thousands of these amazing alumni from Virginia. And I sent out my resume saying pretty much, hey guys, I just graduated. I have no idea what I want to do, but I just wanted to send out my resume and hope that something hits was pretty much my email being like, if anyone knows anything, let me know. And I got an email right away from a great real estate group, um, Brendan Gill, who's a great guy who's been a great mentor of mine right away saying we would love to hire you. And then I, I was like, that sounds appealing. But then I'm like, something, I got to wait it out. And a week later, I get an email from this guy saying, hey, my son was just volunteering for this guy who's in Harlem. He's a Teach for America teacher. He's trying to start this nonprofit. He goes, here's his information. You should reach out to him. He just did this little video of a day in the life of his coaching platform that he's growing. So just check it out. And I remember watching the video and this was at like early on with Harlem Lacrosse of what this guy was doing. His name's Simon, Teach for America teacher. He was struggling in school with keeping his kids' attention. So he started bringing lacrosse sticks to these inner city kids, teaching lacrosse after school to just totally change their life, make them have responsibility, accountability, respect, you know, yeah. everything that's needed in order to succeed in, in life, using that as a catch to get the kids in school and focus and listening to them. And I watched that video. It was him out on this handball court in the middle of Harlem and teaching all these lacrosse, these kids lacrosse. And I go, that, that's it. And my dad who, you know, and my, my mom was more just like, whatever. My dad is very much like, are there benefits? Are there, what the hell, you know, and this was in New York Check city, box, right? He's the like, checklist. what's the benefits? What's it? And 
this is in New York City. I'd been in New York once growing up younger when I was child model when I was younger. I hadn't been in New York. I hadn't spent a lot of time there. And I spoke to Simon earlier in the week. And a week later, I was living on a couch in New York. Out of, I just bought a bag of, of random clothes and was living on a friend's couch. And I was starting – the first time I ever went to Harlem was my first day in Harlem. And I was starting a lacrosse program in a failing middle school in Harlem looking like how I look and <laughs> had no idea from like negative idea of what I was doing. But all I knew was that it felt right. It looked right. And that experience in that moment was going to just, I felt like be a defining moment of who I am, what I stand for to try to make the world a better place and the type of experiences I want to have in my life. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Wyatt Knight. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the convo with Wyatt Knight. I just got to the pinnacle of my own personal goal, which was playing lacrosse at UVA and winning national championship. And now I was like, I want to go reach the pinnacle of like what I want to do with my life, which is help people. And there's nothing more you can do than help anyone in particular, just maximize their potential in life, let alone people like young students in inner cities coming from the backgrounds they come from. And I was able to achieve that. And Harlem Lacrosse is, I'm on the board now and we're growing it. Now we're throughout the country and we have thousands of boys and girls. I have some of my students that are now in college on full scholarships playing lacrosse in division one colleges and they're first generation immigrants from America. Their parents don't speak English. They come from one of 10 kids. Like they're the first kid to go to high school, let alone college. And now they're getting scholarships. They're getting internships at Goldman Sachs. They're getting internships at all these law firms and banks and all these private equity groups and hedge funds. And it's the most unbelievable thing. And that to long story, that, that is where the whole thing came from. Like, I want to help people. I want to do it at the highest level. But I ran myself in the ground in Harlem because it was I was there seven days a week for two and a half years. And so that was when I also realized I need to help myself first. And that's where the mindset of really getting 1% better as a person every day will inspire other people to get a little bit better as well. So that's kind of that's Harlem in a nutshell. Story, yeah. man. And I'm appreciative of you sharing that. And it just... It hit it hits home in a in a lot of ways, and I'm sure it does for a lot of people listening to it right now. Is just like not everybody is willing to sacrifice like that, and I'm super inspired just hearing that live right now. So thank you for sharing that. What was the shifting point of you realizing like, damn, like I can't do seven days a week for the rest of my life because I know what it's like to get inspired by this new project, and you're there, and you just like one thing leads to another and kids are getting better and you're seeing the traction and you get fueled by that. And I also know what it's like to like kind of crash and burn. But for you, what was that like? Cause I feel like for listeners, like there's a lot of people out there, like, especially for me, I was crashing and burning without even like realizing it. Um, I actually like getting, started getting in fights with my wife and just like little signs that was like, okay, something's not, Something's out of alignment here. But what did that look like for you? Because I think it, it's different for everybody and somebody might be able to take away like, damn, this might be my life right now. So yeah. what did that look like for you? Because obviously for two years, seven days a week, something was going right. Yeah. But when did it start to 
kind of bleed into maybe this isn't the best way of going about things. Yeah. Well, I think what I learned now is that for me, it's kind of like pulling yourself out of the situation and saying like, how, how can I make a bigger difference in something that I really care about without running myself into the ground? And so for me, I was asked the other day why I left Harlem Lacrosse full time. I was doing an interview with someone and they asked, why, why did you leave? It seems like this was your, what you're supposed to do with your whole life. And so I left because I knew that I could give more to Harlem Lacrosse, not on the ground day to day, but building out the behind the scenes, the infrastructure, the fundraising process, the events, bringing in my, my network that I had built and would continue to build to learn more about Harlem Lacrosse because the issue wasn't my time and energy in Harlem. The issue was we needed more people spending more time and energy in Harlem. One person can go a long way making a difference in one person's life. But I said, this framework we have here with this program, you work in the middle school every day. You're there seven days a week working with these students, transforming their lives, supporting them, sending them to boarding school. I said, we need more people investing their time, energy, and resources into Harlem. And so I think Think about if you are running yourself into the ground, there's a reason why. One, you probably, you need to pull yourself out and say, what's the bigger picture towards my plan, towards my vision? And for me, the bigger picture was not for me to be some hero that's showing up to Harlem every day, changing lives. It was to grow this program to where it's in every failing middle school and high school in the country because I thought that is an absolute tried and true way to make the world a better place by supporting people in general that need help, let alone inner cities, failing middle schools, people that need help, right? And that's the highest level. So I went on a mission, grew the advisory board, which is now 30 or 40 members, just launched the associate board, which is 25, 30 members. That's now millennial, younger engagement. Anywhere I've gone, somehow, some way I've convinced the people that have the most money to donate to Harlem across from all the different jobs now I've had from all the places along the East Coast. And so now I've just been able to funnel a lot more resources into the mission. So it's kind of like pulling myself out and saying, I could do this every day for a long time, but it's not going to be the highest level of its potential if I just allow myself to run to the ground. And so that was when I started saying, where's the program? Where's the vision towards making this sustainable? And I think that's what the point is. When you run yourself in the ground, you don't make it sustainable. So you got to find that fine line of when can I take a deep breath and start building out the infrastructure to make this something that lasts forever, not just surviving day in and day out. Yeah, and you start learning, I mean, at least for me, that's amazing that you realize that because that takes a lot of self-awareness. For me, it was like what realizing and fine-tuning what is my true strength. And my true strength is really like connecting people and gathering the bigger picture for people, not necessarily doing the nitty-gritty thing. And, and there's no right way. Some people love the nitty-gritty. Some people love the bigger picture. But really, as you get older, for me, it was leaning into what can I have the biggest impact on? And the biggest impact, it sounds like we're similar, is for you is getting those connections that can help you make, with a snap of a fingers, a much larger impact to a lot more kids than you being out there literally teaching them how to play and move the ball. But $100,000 goes a long way. So if you're locking up money, which then helps tens and dozens of kids at a time rather than one kid teaching them how to get better at lacrosse, yeah. I can see how that definitely has a larger impact. Let's shift it up a little bit. If I'm somebody who wants to get 1% better, because you and I understand what that is, mm -hmm. but I think a lot of other people out there might not necessarily understand, just like we were talking about and looping back a little bit earlier about how to get started. What are some of the things that you do to get 1% better? And you can, you can lay this out for people that might not necessarily be in the type of world that we live in. So yeah. books, videos, workouts, what does it look like for you to get 1% better? Yeah. Well, I would say it's not what I do that's most important. And I think this is exactly what people need here. It's what I don't do Oof. that I think is the most important because my kryptonite, my Achilles heel, my and I think every kryptonite Achilles heel can also be your greatest strength. But my biggest thing, and I did a post about it last week, is like I'm, <clears throat> I'm a yes man. So I'll say yes to everything 
and anyone usually running my, and eventually running myself into the ground. And so my quote unquote rock bottom had been in Florida, which was so hard, which was weird because I was living my dream, living on the beach with my wife, my dogs, like the fantasy of all fantasies for me. Yeah. And I know you're a big beach guy, you and Aaron yeah. too. So it's like, Oh my gosh, what else is there life? But I also, at that point, I didn't, I, we ran out of money long story short as well. <laughs> so we couldn't travel and we, I couldn't, so I, when you can't travel and you can't spend money, you say no to bachelor parties and weddings and events and travel and all this other stuff. And so I had to break away from like this constant desire to please people, to make everyone happy, to say yes to everything. Because in my mind, I said, I could reach a high potential in my life because of the circumstances I've been born into mixed with my work ethic, mixed with just my why with Harlem Lacrosse. You're not breaking that no matter what you try to do. Like that's going to get me through anything. And I was like, the only thing getting in my way is that I just keep saying yes to everything. Yes to every trip, to every, but yes to going out late at night, but then yes to trying to get up at 4.30 in the morning, trying to go for a run and feel clear. And, and yes to going out and grabbing drinks, but yes to going out and working out, you know, just like the yin and yang, it didn't, it wasn't matching where like, I was like, I have to start saying no. And so that's, would be my point to anyone that's listening, trying to get 1% better every day. I've been on a journey since probably right after UVA of figuring out what's in my life right now. Let me be honest with myself. That is getting in the way of taking the next step with my life. And the biggest one for me early on was, was drinking. And it was, and when you're in New York, Drinking is drinking is <laughs> drinking is a part of your life, right? You go out. I was in commercial real estate at this time too after after Harlem. So your job is networking, you're going out, you're drinking. And I was, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then people want to drink on Sunday. So like my whole life was in a constant state of like trying to catch up, hold on for dear life, and feeling like run down. And I just remember like it's nothing personal with drinking, it's nothing personal with like I love going out with me. Going out with your friends in New York City is one of the best concepts in human history. It's yeah. amazing. But I was like, drinking is just the hangover, the effort, the money, the the time, the energy, this the frustration with everything that comes for me for drinking was like, this is in the way. I need to take control of it. And so I just cut out drinking for six months, just went completely no drinking, which and now drinking has gotten less, which is good for especially our generation. Like we're kind of like drinking just, it's not that good for you in general, but in New York at that time was like the craziest concept ever. And so many people, and I say, tell a story because I what think What year was this? I this was 2014, 15, 16. Oh, you were there right after me, man. I missed you. Yeah. I had the same, it's literally same story. Yeah. Like six months I was there, like drinking four nights a week, going out all the time. But that woke me up and that's how I actually reached out to my wife who was not, we didn't even date at the time, yeah. but I wanted to visit Texas yeah. because I was in New York and I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like literally my job was tied to, was I showing up to happy hour with my boss? Yeah. And I would show up, yeah. have one or two drinks, then go to the gym, then go play soccer yeah. and then like go on a date. Later and that's was like, It's not yeah. sustainable whatsoever. I'd be taking Adderall to like literally yeah. go to work the next day yeah. and when you're younger you're just like oh this is the life right because yeah. you're in new york just like you said bright lights yeah. like it, it was a hell of a time yeah. but it's not sustainable at all so man that that story really yeah so it was like it's crazy home. but to boil it down i'd say the thing is you need to give yourself more time that's distraction free time you need to give your you you know i 10 out of 10 people i speak with with my coaching platform know exactly what they need to do when I speak to them about moving forward with their lives. But you don't, people don't give themselves enough time based off of the world we live in that is consumed by taking your time. The world is based off of sapping your energy, bringing it into something else to take advantage of you so you can make people, people can make money off you. I mean, it's all money and energy exchange. And so you need to fight for everything. This is part why I get up every morning is because I'm fighting every single day to give my little brain and that little voice in my head a glimmer of hope to connect my mind, body, and soul and align and say, what's working in my life? How do I do more of that? Most importantly, back to the point, what's not working in my life and how can I level up with myself and move that thing forward and not have a tit for tat with anyone or anything that that things in your life, but just say, you in this moment, whether it's drinking or social media or staying up late or alcohol or drugs or food, 
you in this moment in my life are not adding value to my journey. I need to step away from you. And just having that conversation, that's why I'm huge on getting up in the morning because the first hour or two, it's complete silence. And the rest of the world is not going to start chirping you. No phone, no emails, no gimmicks, just you, my journal, my books, like you can connect. And so I think that's what, why so many people are stressed and depressed and anxious because as soon as people get up, it's text, it's email, it's calls. I could say 95% of the issues with the world right now are based off of us dealing with the repercussions of cell phones. And I think the second you get up, it's, it's hitting you and you, you, just, you just don't have enough time to think about yourself, your journey and what's working and what's not working. So yeah, that's my advantage. I, I love that response yeah. and I can't wait to clip that out because that's <laughs> gold right there for anybody that's listening yeah. in. One of the things that I like to think about is like if you were on an island yeah. and you had no stimulation, mm-hmm. right? What would you do with your life? Like you don't have a phone, you don't have a laptop. Like what would make you happy on that island because you're literally alone? And that's how I started aligning. Well, I like to exercise. Yeah. I would go swimming. I would, I, I need food. So I would hunt, like I yeah. would do whatever I, I love to do, to right? Do, yeah. Right? So it's just like, but then you transition, okay. Let's put myself like the island is my house. Yeah. So when I wake up, what am I going to do is the same thing that I would do on that island is like, okay, I'd meditate. I would listen to the ocean. So for me, it's like freaking putting Spotify on and you hear the ocean waves. Like it's yeah. just mimicking that environment of low stimulation. And I think you hit the nail on the head with we're overly stimulated by cell phones. And what I think that creates is lack of control. Like nobody's controlling their own lives. Like yeah. we're from the moment we go to school, it's like follow the leader yep. to, to this bank job this is supposed to make me happy, right? And it's, no, it doesn't make me happy because I've most people don't even think about it. Yeah. But you take the phone away. So in the morning, what I do is I don't, I charge my phone outside my room, yeah. not near my bedstand. So it's, I immediately, I don't touch my phone yeah. in the morning. I think that one little concept would just change people's lives. But I have to ask you this. Yeah. Yeah. What time do you go to bed? Yeah, uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the end all be all because if I don't get sleep, there's no point in doing any of the, what I'm trying to do in yeah. the morning. So I'm in bed, 8.30 to 9.30 is my window. Anything okay. after that, I, I feel it the next day, and then I'm pissed off. at. But it's it, nine times out of ten, if I do go to bed later, it's mistakes that I make about staying up later or yeah. extra drinks or scrolling through Instagram for 10 extra minutes. So, But I'll, I, will get, I will be off my phone, and these are all 1% better things than – the clients that I have, it's it's literally breaking down every second of your day and saying, how can you maximize it to reach your fullest potential? But I know for me, Instagram, social media, it works me up. My phone just in general, even being five inches away from me, like it just works you up because there's always something here, messages to check, emails to check. And so you're an athlete, so you're competitive. You're naturally competitive. I'm always like, I got to see every text. Yeah. And just like you, it's like, I've got all these people I got to respond to. And like, everything's yeah. got to happen now. And it's got to be your best. And you got to give everyone your full attention. So I will put away my phone about seven to seven thirty, and I'll put it on a charger outside of my room. And I will just, that's the end of my phone journey for the day. And I grab a book and I can read for five minutes or 15 minutes, but it just, it's my, it kind of something that transition, transition from whatever just was on your phone. You are now stepping away and going to read and take a deep breath and put that phone away. So to answer your question between eight thirty and nine thirty. And seven days a week right now, my alarm goes off at 4.30 in the morning. Sometimes I'm ready to rock and roll and have the best two, three-hour clip without distractions. Other mornings, I'm up and down, wanting to go back to bed, pissed off myself, making excuses. But I think a big thing I try to teach in my coaching is, is consistency. And it just consistency allows you to make less decisions about the things and people and experiences you want to have in your life. And ultimately, if you can do that for a longer period of time, you're going to get the results you want in your life. And I think for me, being consistent allows me to think about other things outside of the million little decisions that can consume one's life rather than thinking about what's the big picture purpose of who I am, what I'm doing, and how I'm going to do what I want to do. On those days that you do feel a little bit off, are you ever taking a nap throughout the day or what does that look like? Because one of the things for me when I struggled with entrepreneurship is like, some days you're staying up really late or you're waking up really early. And I would tie myself to like the corporate job, like mentality of like, it's Monday at 2 PM. I need to be grinding 
rather what would have been best suited for me is to just like get on the couch, yep. take a 30 minute power nap. And like, then I can get right back to it. I did fight that a lot. Does that happen with you at all? Or like, what is, what does that happen? What happens in your day when you kind of get up and you're groggy and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, well, my wife's crazy. Her whole thing is like, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And I would say the number one thing that I preach to all my clients is like, your health and wellness is the only thing that matters. Everything else is just icing on the cake in your life. And so I have totally embraced power naps as a concept. Hell yeah. I am anti, a lot of stimulants just in general between, and I've drank, I've smoked, I've coffee, no coffee. I've tried everything. Yeah. I've tried, I go in, I go out, I try to figure out, does it work? Does it not work? But I think you have everything you need. And I think there's nothing better than a 15, 20, 30 minute nap, power nap, just to reset and regroup you. And so I try to, I make that a part of my day. Like I put in an hour in my calendar every morning to work out. That's health and wellness. But a lot of times I'm just running myself in the ground overworking out. But there is a, there is like a, some stigma towards taking a nap. And I think it's a culture we had built based off of consumption of money and go, go, go. And that grind, grind, grind lifestyle. I think we're all understanding that it's a holistic lifestyle and like you need to treat yourself with a little respect and I want to make it cool to put in 30 minutes in your calendar to take a power nap in the afternoon because the last thing I want to do is drink another coffee or get some sort of weird pick-me-up to get me through. Yeah, to please somebody else. Like, that's not necessarily pleasing you. And that's what I used to do. It's just like I have an espresso at 2 or 3 p.m. Go, go, instead go. of the nap because I have to please somebody else. Yeah. Then I would start taking away those meetings and then start realizing, like, oh, I can just chill for a little bit. And actually, so I love, I love, love, love that advice. And anybody else out there that, because it was it was a hard stigma for me to break of like I should still be doing something I should still still should be yep. going, um, and then also I had to fight. This is a funny thing because you get up at four thirty. When I started reading a lot of mindset stuff and these books, and like get up at five a.m. and Miracle Morning and all these things, I was like, should I be doing that? But I found that like it just doesn't work for me. Like I tried getting up earlier, and I'm like I'm a six a.m to like 10 p.m. guy. Like that's just, it'll never change. I don't know why, it's just who I am. And I stopped trying to like get on everybody else's level and just find myself. And it's cool because it sounds like you found that groove for yourself. But so you get, you're doing this 1% better. You moved out to Austin. What does your day-to-day -day look like right now? Because I know you're working on a couple projects and things like that. One of the things I always try to do here in the podcast is connect people with other people. So maybe some of your projects are on, someone's listening, would love to get involved. Run us through like what a day in the life actually looks like for yeah. Wyatt and what he wants to do in the next six months to a year with the projects that you're working on. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, I mean, I kind of, I, I literally, because I've tried every job, I've tried every career, I've, I've always thought what's the end all be all what's the highest potential of that that profession whether it's real estate or harlem or all the other jobs i've had over the over the course of politics and all these different things to help people and i said the best way i can help someone is for me to get a little bit better every day like that's that's covid proof that's recession proof that's moving proof that's anything proof of me being the business model and then whatever comes my way i'll just take advantage of that opportunity by helping someone so right now because of COVID in this year in particular, a lot of people are looking for some sort of guidance and direction in their life. And so I think I'm very focused right now on building out my, my coaching platform. And so I look at it, I call it like the hol a holistic lifestyle coaching, the 1% better mindset that allows you to maximize your potential in life. And I think every human wants to feel like they have the potential to live their best life. Not everyone's going to get there for a lot of different circumstances. Not everyone wants to get there, but everyone wants to feel like they have that opportunity. So I base my life off of right now, building out my coaching platform centered around, let's build a lifestyle around what you want to achieve, focus on maximizing your potential in life. And so that's really what I'm doing in Austin. A lot of it's, some of it's in person teaching classes at Zilker Park. A lot of it's right now virtual because of COVID. And then my, my side hustles are, our coaching lacrosse, lacrosse has always been so good to me. So I stay focused on lacrosse. So I'm coaching out at Lake Travis High School as well, because I think going back to it, the best way to make the world a better place is to inspire the next generation of people to make the world just a little bit better. And so that's kind of the day in my life is a lot of coaching calls, a lot of one-on-one -on -one work with people. You know, it's fitness, it's accountability, it's nutrition, but it all starts in the mindset. So I kind of look at it as like, I'm a mindset coach that implements 
strategies in your life to have you reach your highest potential? Hell yeah. So today, yeah. September, I think, what, 28th or something like that? Whatever it 29th, is. 29th, <laughs> whatever. Uh, lose track of days. Yeah. Going into tomorrow. Yeah. What is that 1% better? Because I, I didn't want to ask you, like, what does a year yeah. from now look like to you? Because I know you like to just dial in. Yeah. But, okay, you wake up at 4.30. Mm-hmm. What is the, the 1% better? Because mm-hmm. I, I know I know it. I see it on your social media, stuff like that. But literally, like, kind of give us a chunked time of what that 1% better is compared to today. So you're on the podcast today. Yeah. You're going to go have your client calls, whatever you're going to do with the rest of the day. But yeah. going into that tomorrow, like what would make it 1% better than today? Yeah. So what you're asking, what am I going to do tomorrow that will make my yes. life 1% so better? So that way somebody yeah. that's listening yeah. could potentially wake up and kind of mimic okay. what you're doing. Yeah. So, predicated on their today. Yeah. So it started big picture with the drinking and then it was – no social media and then it was no television and then it was it's been all these different things that I felt like were in my way I have an addictive personality I have an all-in personality and so anything I do I'm going to go all in so that's why I'm like I want to go all in on becoming a better person because if I'm going to be addicted to one thing let me be addicted to trying to get better as a person like I'll be addicted that 10 times out of 10 rather than all the other bullshit that the world tries to make us addicted to to, and we could talk about marketing and airports and on the straight forever but I'm like I'm gonna that's not what I'm gonna addicted to because it's not gonna help me I'm gonna get addicted to helping myself and helping others so I'm now so starting big and now I'm trying to boil it down to like because this is all I focus on is like the little tiny adjustments that make a big difference. And for instance, just to give one, like there's a 10 minute clip and I say, I put my phone away. I put my social media away because that's always been the big one. But then I just go find my phone right before I go to bed and I'll just go on like, I go on ESPN. I go on a couple of cross websites. I'll like check out YouTube for a couple of minutes. But every time I do that, I know it's not what I should be doing to get a little bit better because yeah. it's 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 a last little stimulant that I've had because when I go online most of the times what you do is, and you put a lot of plate for me when I put a lot of my plate I'm usually searching you're searching for something yeah and a lot of that time because I've been navigating new career new profession new city like I'm out search you're trying to search for something and when you search for something you start thinking and you start making up stories in your head and social media starts plugging in all these different things and so that 10 minute window that I've been doing for the last couple of weeks, right before I go to bed, everything's fine. I'm ready to go to bed. And then I'm like, let me just go on my phone for like five or 10 minutes and just like get one little more boost of bullshit to like put me to bed. But then it works me up. And then I have a tough time falling asleep when I should fall asleep. I'm tossing and turning all night. And then it's a cycle of getting up the next morning, feeling a little groggy, feeling like I didn't get the sleep I needed. And then I'm pissed off and myself and then my felt my cell phone and then Instagram and I'm the one that made all decisions. And then yep. it's a compound interest of like, if I do that repeatedly, that's six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 nights in a row, you're not getting the best sleep. And so I'm down to that point where thinking about what are these little things that are holding me back from continuing to get a little bit better. And so 1% better can be just an overall mindset. I'm just going to get better as a person every day. And it's also like literally in the moment, what are those little those little details for me that I know are holding me back. And that's a, that's a big one because sleep is huge. And after a while it really adds up. And then that's when you run yourself into the ground. And so if you are trying to operate at a high level and get up early and maximize your day, like the little details make a big difference in either it's all the little things, right? The, either the little things can make you or break you. And right now, like I don't want anything to break me because I just, I want to give this my best, you know? Hell Yeah. That's an amazing answer. And I think, again, relating back to the sports, like it's all about literally when, I don't know for you when you played the cross, but when I played collegiate sports, it was all about the little things that you were doing over and over and over again, not necessarily the things that were flashy or what drink could you drink before the game or to cure your hangover the night before or whatever. It was always just like taking complete, I think what you're talking about there is from Jocko willing it's like complete ownership Mm -hmm. like taking complete ownership of your decisions and and what you're doing and that's what i've literally seen from your instagram account since you moved here and everything that you're trying to do is like literally taking ownership over your energy your effort what you can do but we're getting close to wrapping up here so one of the things i always do is would love for you to kind of run through maybe 
the type of people that you're working with right now. You mentioned coaching calls and the things that you're trying to do in Harlem across. So it's a two pronged approach for you. I think it's for someone that wants to get involved with Harlem across, how should they go about that? And what does that person typically look like? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And the last thing would just be that my theme for the day was like, it's worth it. Cause I do the little morning thing it was screaming at my phone in the park. And so I think for a lot of people, it's like, why are you getting up? So why are you doing anything? Yeah. And I think my coach at UVA would always scream. He's a hall of fame coach. He's a legend. He's on the Harlem lacrosse board now. So I told you, I just pick up people. And I'm like, you're getting involved in Harlem yeah. lacrosse, but oh, yeah. he would always scream. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. And I think that's why it's so important to have your, have your why, no matter what's going on in life, let alone right now with this trying time, know your why of why you're getting up out of bed every single morning. So for mine, me, it's all the mornings, all the early stuff, all the journaling, all the like little things that you struggle with validating them because they don't get likes. They don't get, they don't make you money. They don't help you with your status. But like the behind the scenes stuff is ultimately doing it right. Doing it the hard thing, the right thing over a period of time is going to be worth it at the end for you achieving your dreams. Cause you'll get there if you dive deep into that moment and take advantage of it. And so that's my theme was like, it's worth it. So all the stuff I'm trying to do and trying to instill in my clients is, it's worth it if you're ready, ready to put in the work to try to become a better person, you know? And so that was just the end all thought. But I think with Harlem Lacrosse, we're in five cities across the country. would love to be here in Austin. So we'll see if we can make that happen. But um, right now, a lot of it's virtual, which is great. And so we partner up a lot of our volunteers one-on-one with students. I think that's when people have seen the best opportunity to really make a difference. Um, we have program directors that work in these middle schools 24 seven. So like from a program standpoint, we're knocking out of the park, having a one-on-one mentorship type of opportunity with a volunteer and with a student. And now because of technology and because of zoom, we can have those partnerships. And so anyone that reaches out to me, what we do is we would partner you up with a student and you would be an additional support system for them along their journey. You know, I always say you are the sum of the five people that you surround yourself with, either five people or five experiences. For a lot of our students in Harlem, those five people or experiences based off of where they're coming from aren't five things that are built off of helping you have a successful life. Yeah. And so you would be inserted as one of those five people. And one day it could be helping them with homework. The other day it could be talking to them about life. The other day they could call and have a really crappy day dealing with some real, real shit they're going through in the projects. And so you just guide them and the people that have stuck with it, you know, we want consistency because the one thing that's lacking in inner cities is consistent support. Um, it's always people come in, have a good day, check, check it off the resume and get out. Right. We are, we're there every single day or else the program doesn't work. And so we're looking for consistent, dedicated people who want to change one person's life at a time all out the whole one, 1% better things. One person at a time, we can change your life. And so that would be the best way. You can either just go find Harlem Across on social media, or you could reach out to me direct. I run the advisory board now, which we're picking up a bunch of young, focused, engaged millennials. I think a lot of millennials are now looking for that extra something going on because of what's happened in 2020. Just yeah. the realization that like there's more to life than the hamster wheel. And yeah. so a lot of people reaching out and there's a lot of opportunities to get people involved. Awesome. And then in terms of your own personal business, someone out there right now that is thinking of getting 1% better, what does that person look like? And what kind of run us through like what that program looks like for them so that they can kind of see before they even meet you or reach out to you, whether it's something that they'd be interested in. Yeah, I think um, I'm I'm calling it, it's the 1% better accelerator. And so it's right now it's a 21 day program and really focused on the most important is mindset. And then we'll talk about nutrition and then we'll talk about your overall lifestyle. And then if we get there, we'll talk about fitness. I think fitness is like the last one. You got to get the other ones managed, organized. Um, But it's 21 days. And I really want people that are going to push me as well. Like I, I, the last thing I am is someone that like has anything resembling figured out. I just am very focused on surrounding myself with really good people. That's why I'm here with you guys is like, this is where you want to be if you're making a difference. Right. And so, but I want people that are going to say, I'm ready to take the next step with my life. And I'm going to push my coach because I've never in all my lacrosse coaching or mentorship or mindset coaching, I've, I've never, it's never worked where I want it more 
than my student, my Harlem lacrosse player, or my client, right? I can't, no one could want your, you living your best life more than you, or it's never going to work out. There's yep. always going to be a slip there where it becomes friction and then it becomes tension and then it fails, right? So that's it. I want someone that's ready to be like, I'm tired of 2020, I'm, of all this bullshit. I'm tired of making a lot of decisions that I know I shouldn't make with my life. I'm ready to be the person that deep down I know I am and supposed to be, but I've just let so much bullshit pile up. I don't know where to start. I need someone that genuinely cares and unconditionally supports me as a person who's going to tell me the truth, going to push me, and most importantly, walk their talk. Because like I'm not going to tell anyone to do anything remotely close to living their life if I'm not at least trying to do it every day as a person and trying to do it with them as well. So definitely reach out. Like Two or three more clients would be max because I'm trying to keep it small and focused because I can only give yeah, so much, so eh? much as you know. Like We're always that yin and yang. Yep. Um, but I'm ready to take that next step with my life by surrounding with people who are ready to take it with theirs, you know? Hell yeah. I love that. And where can people find you if they want to reach out to you and either get involved with Harm Lacoste or your 1% accelerator? Yeah. So Instagram is probably best at Wyatt C Knight with a K. Um, and then you could also find me. Jake came and found me the other day. Uh, I'm at Zilker Park. If you're in Austin, most mornings I'm trying not to, if I say I'm going to be, I'm going to do it, then I'm like, I'm going to do it every day. But I'm trying to, majority of mornings I'm at Zilker Park with my, with my dogs. I teach a, a hit class Friday mornings with a small group of people. So if people wanted to join and just kind of take the next fitness step, it's a mindfulness discussion as well during the sunrise. But you can come to Zilker Park during the sunrise where my dogs and I are on the hill doing sprints run around there if you wanted to meet in person. So you can either find me on Instagram I've always found it's best to connect in person if you really want to like have that com that real conversation about real things. So hell yeah, I need fun. to get my ass out there. I saw Jake out there this week. Next next is my turn. So if you're yeah. listening to this and you want to get out and you want a partner to tag team and go out to Zilker Park as well, hit me up because I need to get my ass out there. But before we sign off here, is there any parting words for the listeners? Yeah, I mean, I I think Tim Ferriss is one of my favorite podcaster guys. And uh, he always asks, like, what's the, what would you put on a billboard? You know, I think it's always yep. a good one. So it's in two of his books. Uh, he's like, he's the man. So uh, he's in Austin too. I don't, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. We got to go find him. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Rogan's here now too. I know, I know. It's all like all these <laughs> the people. Biggest like, podcasters are here. Dude, now. we just got to go find him. I met you know Tim Kennedy, but yeah, way? yeah, he was we, just on Tim Ferriss. Jane and I went out and just met him at his gym. Hell and, yeah. Uh, he we just messaged him. He's like, yeah, stop by anytime. My wife and I we, we think highly of you. We and so we met him. So to anyone, put yourself out there and go meet these people. Hell yeah. But uh, my thing would just be to look in the mirror. You know, I think ten times out of ten, what you're looking for, and I think 2020 has been a great next step for people to realize like 99% of the things in your life are probably just a distraction from you getting literally a little better. So just look in the mirror and have an honest conversation with yourself right now, especially during this crazy time and, and really focus on like, what do you want to do with your life? Who do you want to be? And how do you plan on being that person that you think you really want to be? And you'll, all the answers are right there. Don't look for the answers. I found when I look elsewhere, they're never there and they're going to always lead you in the wrong way. So look in the mirror, take a deep breath, focus. And this is the best year ever to change your life and the world needs more people living their best lives every day because that's the only way we we really move this thing forward and make the world a better place i love that answer look in the mirror take complete ownership and that goes right into my biggest takeaway uh from this whole conversation there was so many but the biggest takeaway that i had rolling out of this is not necessarily look at where you can get better for your one percent but look at what you can say no to and take away and that's such a great reminder to me uh because i it hits home with me of just running that hamster wheel whether i was in the corporate or in entrepreneurship i always with the competitive nature, always trying to overbook everything and realizing that's what's actually inhibiting me from getting 1% better. Because people like us, it's 
more about how much can we stack um, rather than we're not doing enough, whereas a lot of people might struggle with the other end. But for me, that was such a huge takeaway. And I think anybody can implement that in their life. And it's free. Um, Literally, it's it's free to look at your calendar and say, you know what? This isn't serving me. This person isn't serving me. This job or this experience isn't serving me. I need to take complete ownership, look in the mirror and change that. So thank you so much again, Wyatt, for hopping on today. It's been a pleasure. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life podcast. Thrive on, y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of our small team at Thrive On Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive On Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and join our Mighty Network. In this network, you will find a diverse group of people that is on a mission of self-improvement and honing the mentality to get 1% better each and every day. Within each improvement we make as individuals, we can then be of service to this world and help it get better as a whole. What's awesome is we've already had people make new friends, receive job offers, and collaborate on new business and creative opportunities. But most importantly, within this group, you will be guaranteed the ability to learn, grow, and share experiences with other like-minded individuals. I know the community would love to connect with you. Before I sign off though, I'd like for you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.